This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites. A no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. Hello, this is the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels, and you can't tell, but right now I'm dressed as Deacon and not the Fallen Angel because I'm at Waterworld, and you are listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast because there's degrees. There's a little bit busted open, but this is Busted Wide Open. You're listening to us, so thanks for listening. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling with your hosts... Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous, coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode 163. My name is Nick Howell. And still barely recovering from this pay-per-view, I am Sir Ian Dangerous. Nick, we have... (laughs) This is going to be fun. We're going to talk about Hell in a Cell today, ladies yes. and gentlemen. And, and I know it's been a, a, a little bit since the, the, it actually happened. It happened two days ago. So we're coming in late to the party on this one, which may or may not be a good thing. Um, we, we, my opinions have definitely like vacillated back and forth yes. wildly since this pay-per-view happened uh, from the emotionality of the night to a little bit more of a, a, a tempered opinion right now. But I will warn you right now, if you have kids in the room, send them away because by the time we get to the end of this episode today this may be an r-rated episode because some epithets may be coming out of my mouth that uh usually don't on our on our pg-13 show so tv 14 today folks hide (laughs) your kids uh sorry and dangerous might get explicit towards the end of this show but that being said nick that being said i think we're gonna we're gonna break down what happened at hell in a cell it's still very controversial uh, the ending of the show in particular. I think overall, and, and tell me what you think, Nick, but I thought overall the show was actually pretty solid. It was. going in, in hindsight, it was pretty solid for a show that was thrown together pretty much at the last minute. They were paying so much attention to the Raw season premiere, to SmackDown going on Fox, NXT going to two hours, uh, everything else that was happening in WWE behind the scenes, they... They they really gave short short shrift to this. We had four matches that we knew of going into the day of Hell in a Cell, and they threw some together on uh, the kickoff at the last show. minute on the kick on the kickoff show. Yeah, they just they just made some matches happen, and to their credit, that actually some of them it worked out pretty well. Some of the matches they threw together, and in my opinion, they actually had one match on the show that was I, I think going to be remembered as a classic. But it's being overshadowed by a very, very controversial finish to the whole thing. So, Nick, mm. what was your overall feeling just before we get into this? What was your overall feeling after Hell in a Cell? How have you evolved to where you are right now? Oh, that's going to take some discussion to get there. <laughs> 
Uh, well, in that case, I've gone do, through uh, just about every emotion in the human <laughs> psyche since uh, Sunday evening yeah. because I can tell you I was I was ready to jump off a roof by the end. But the more I've thought about it over the last couple forty eight hours, the more I've started to probably overthink it as much as they did. I'll I'll say that, and oh. in a way, have found myself. Writing it, writing it in my own head, just so that I can find peace and make sense of it all, um, which is not even the case. But we'll get into all of that. The first thing I'd like to do is make sure that we welcome everybody to come and join us on Facebook in the Busted Wide Open discussion group. Uh, we do have a very, very lively Discord as well for live conversations and spoiler-friendly type of atmospheres. Uh, over in our Discord for all of the major shows throughout the week and dedicated channels to each of our pay-per-views. Fun movies, memes, music, all kinds of discussion channels over in our Discord. You can find links to that pinned across all of our social media and if you're watching on YouTube in the description below, make sure you get in there. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast, right here on YouTube on Tuesday nights at 8 Eastern, Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, youtube.com slash busted wide open. Make sure you subscribe and hit that little notification bell because we'll send you out some reminders and make sure you uh, get all of this information. Last but certainly not least, uh, if you want to support this show and, um, Get some sweet swag, access to exclusives, all kinds of good stuff. Head over to patreon.com slash BWO. It is the best way to support this show. Um, you can get access to all kinds of good stuff like show notes, uh, bonus episodes, the ability to ask listener questions for our patron mailbag series that we launched this weekend. Uh, looking forward to doing that as a dedicated series for you guys going forward. But patreon.com slash BWO if you want to get your questions in there. Ian, I think it's time that we get started here. We have to go All through right. this. Uh, well, let, let's say we have to build to get to the end, right? we got to start somewhere. Let's yes. start things off with the pre-show. Let's, let's go down the card. Let's go down the, the card match by match Yes. And, and, and knock out this pay-per-view because we did start on the pre-show with Lacey Evans versus Natalia, which, <sighs> I mean, it's the pre-showiest of pre-show matches. Uh, I... On one hand, I was sitting there thinking during, while I was watching it that it's the only reason I can think that they're having this drawn out, very drawn out Lacey Evans Natalia feud is because they're trying to make Lacey less green and yeah. get her working with a vet who is genuinely a very strong worker, and that's Natalia. Um, if there's one thing Natalia it's, is not, is someone who lights up a crowd. True. And so, in that sense, I feel like it's it's undercutting Lacey a bit because it's not really making these matches very thrilling. But at the same time, I thought this match was decently well worked and you know, it was, it was fine. It was a bit long and it was on the pre-show. So the audience had even less reason to care about it. But at the same time, you know, I, I understand what they're trying to do with Lacey. They have big hopes for Lacey. Vince, let's be clear, has big ideas for Lacey. <laughs> yeah. And, this is just their way of training her in real time, is my perception of it. That's one of the things I think that I'm just not happy that we called, because I think we might have called attention to it last summer when we said, as soon as Vince gets her his eyes on Lacey Evans' rocket it's, ships. Every time we saw her in NXT, Nick, we said, oh man, once Vince sees this yep. chick rocket to the moon, and here we are. <laughs> he saw her maybe a little bit too soon. Sorry, I uh, guess. Yeah, well... Sorry, Vince, listen to us, guys. But, uh, you know, this is the thing, is that I, I do still say Lacey has so much incredible potential. Yeah. Um, not just physically, athletically. It's just bad uh, booking. 
It's it's yeah, and and she's green. She is green. Yeah. Like she doesn't know how to work through a match yet. She whether it's nerves or just um, you know not not having the muscle memory to to pull off some of these moves and not botch them a bit. I don't know, but yeah, working with Natalia is definitely like that's. Natalia is one of the most experienced people in the women's division and is a solid worker. So, again, not a memorable match. Uh, Natalia did pick up the win here, which to me made sense after um, all this time. It's a pre-show match, so they wanted the crowd to be happy, and so the face won. Um, I think the only real note, again, I was saying about Lacey kind of being a little botchy, she came down off of her. She did her top rope uh, springboard moonsault, and Kane, that looked to me like she just face planted in the small of Natty's back and knocked like herself her silly for a little bit. Something. Yeah, so she Natty put her right into the sharpshooter right after that, and Lacey didn't even wait. She just kind of weakly tapped out. So I think Lacey got knocked a little bit silly at the end of this match. But and then Natty turned around and punched her in the face <laughs> as they were raising Natty's hand. How's that for a woman's right? There you go. So it was yeah, it was a pre-show match. It was it was fine. It was there. Uh, you called Lacey to win, Nick. I'm sorry about that. It doesn't get much better for you. No. On this car with the pickums, uh, let's go over them. Too bad. I, yeah, I was no, okay you, with my. You scared me. You scared me at the end. I know. It, you could have. You could have made it a tie if the ending of this whole show hadn't happened, which might explain why you were so so hot. Uh, that is the, the last thing card. I was concerned about with this show. <laughs> to be clear, we'll get to that. Yeah. Right. Uh, I wasn't thinking about. Oh, I, I was thinking about that because I just was making the note. I'm like, <laughs> at least there's some sort of there's some bright side to this tragedy. Right. Main card of the show, we open up Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks, Hell in a Cell match. Uh, I'm going to go on record and say this was one of my favorite women's matches in WWE history. Yes. Off the top, right out out the bat. Um, What, in in your opinion, this is only the second ever women's Hell in a Cell match. Um, I worried that they didn't really earn this match with this feud, uh, but they definitely tried their best. And it was, it turned out extremely well. What do you think made this that much better than Sasha Banks and Charlotte in a cell? Uh, the level of innovation that I saw, I saw them doing things uh, like uh, hanging chairs off of the into the chain link fencing of the cell. Uh, I saw all kinds of different moves. I saw them putting it all on the line, which is exactly what you're supposed to do in a Hell in a Cell match. There was zero hesitation on either of these two women's parts to take any kind of chance to do what they had to do to put their opponent down. And by God, that is exactly what I want in in this kind of a match. I don't want to see... I don't want to see, like, tiptoeing around or hesitating or pulling punches or nothing. There was none of that in this. That's why it was so amazing You're totally right with the innovation. Like, after 41 Hell in a Cell matches, a, a match that, in my opinion, should be... Once in a blue moon, not every year at a pay-per-view, multiple times in a, in a single pay-per-view, uh, you've got to find new interesting things. Otherwise, people just kind of, they tune out at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, we've seen such insanity with Hell in a Cell matches. And this is a, this is, this is a topic that we're going to come back to at the end of this show for possibly obvious reasons if you did see this pay-per-view. Um, you've got to try new things, and you've got to be smart about what you're doing with the cell because it is such a a pedestal match in a lot of ways or it should be rather it should be a pedestal match it's the kind of the be all end all uh it's one of the scariest matches that the way they build it at least in wwe so when they do it you've got to have 
brutality. You've got to have innovation. And they definitely did that with this, with um, between having the having the women tussle before the cage even came down and they get trapped outside. Um, Becky, Becky taking using, the chain and wrapping it around her hand like like knuckles, you know. Yeah, and then getting her her arm smashed in the door when she tried to, to lock it. Um, and then inside, just some of the, the ways that they use the weapons. Um, with At one point, it was crazy. They had a chair propped up in a corner on kendo sticks like four feet, five feet in the air. And then Becky did a leg drop to the outside while Sasha was sitting propped up in this chair. Um, I think I saw the New Day do something kind of like that. Well, there was, with New Day, they trapped one of the Usos in the corner of a cell with the kendo sticks. But it's just that kind of utilization, having a chair um, hung up in the side, and then it was used almost like a clothesline, right. like a lariat, when they swung someone into it. And the, um, the, the key thing, I wanted to call that one out too, because the key thing for me there was, you know, she, she did have some trouble getting it to stay there. Yeah. But she, it was almost like she abandoned it, went back into the ring, did something, and it was at least five or more minutes, long enough for us as viewers to have forgotten that she had done it. Sure. Only for Becky to later come back around to it and whip her back into the very chair that she set up. Stuff like that. I mean, just, yeah. you know, and you go, oh my God, I completely forgot she hung that chair up there. That yeah. kind of stuff is what really gets me as as just smart. And unlike the the Sasha and Charlotte match, there wasn't a whole lot of like a lot of the the innovation here worked. I think they tried things in the Sasha and Charlotte match and it didn't work. And it made it awkward and it made and and the the pacing got murdered by that. Whereas here it was just guns blazing from the get-go. Right. And there wasn't a lot of time, you know, spent moving around and setting stuff up. There was a lot of time spent beating each other up. Right. And, uh, you know, I had a hard time calling the spot of the match, whether it was the Meteora through the table, which was amazing. Mm. Um, you know, there's, there was a couple different ones that I think I mentioned some of them already even. A lot of great spots in here. So all around, like, they came out the gate hard. They stole the show. This was absolutely the best match on the card. And it was the first one. It was uh, they, The ladies definitely said, you know, follow this, and no one could. I the was very surprised they op they pulled the curtain with this one that they opened things up with this one. I um, wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't surprised at all considering they had two cell matches. I knew they were going to close with the fiend yeah. um, because you can't really recover from that. Right. That's, that's why they closed the, all the raws with them. Um, it, it wouldn't have made sense to have this in the middle of the show because that would have taken the wind out of the second half. Like you've got to have enough time to recover from a cell match. Here's the last thing I want to say about this match. There were at least three times that I can recount, and I've gone back and counted for the record. Uh, I've, I have sat through this one again. Uh, wow. Even if it was just like skipped through just to make some notes. There were three points that I, I was able to call out where they said, anything goes in the cell. Uh, it's, it's you or the other person. There's no way out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Made yeah. reference to those things. And right. I'm, I'm setting that up so that I can talk about it again later. There, trust me, I am I I hear you. I went back and looked at a lot of other cage matches to see or cell matches to see what people had done to each other inside a cell that they allowed, and that's that's definitely relevant. Um, so yeah. even on the night, we'll, we'll they, come they, back. The commentary the was saying this on uh, the very night. Yeah, we'll come. All back right, to well, that. let's let's save it. <laughs> so much vitriol. Yes, ways waiting to bubble over. So let's let's hold off on that. Should Becky have won, Nick? It was that the right decision to have Sasha lose this match? Um, I think it depends on if your intentions, uh, what your intentions are for Becky Lynch. 
if my my thoughts and hopes were that she would follow Charlotte over to SmackDown Live. Apparently not. Apparently they think no. Becky needs to stay on Raw and be the other big female of the women's division on the other brand. Let's see what happens this Friday on the draft. We'll see. But I thought it was very weird that the Raw Women's Champion opened the premiere of SmackDown on Fox last week. So when they did that, I kind of went, hmm. And I maybe have yeah. overthunk thunk it. Thought, thunk it, overthought it, overthunk it, whatever. That's why I picked Sasha. I figured Becky was going to SmackDown based on Friday's semi, uh, premiere and that S- Sasha Banks and Bayley would go run Monday Night Raw. That was kind I, of I my I bet that too. I felt like Becky is definitely, like, was definitely a big enough star that, that they were going to want her on Fox, and if she still has the belt, then that creates an awkward situation if she gets drafted right. to SmackDown. Right. So I'm not really sure what their thought was there. Also, I felt like Sasha can't go 0-2 in a cell, or that just kind of undercuts her. Uh, especially that she just she's came back. She's owing everything ever. She, yeah, she's. I mean, this is the thing that everyone says about Sasha. They book her really hot, and then she loses the big match. That's like it's. She's becoming like the female Dolph Ziggler here. So, it's definitely something to be worried about if you're a Sasha fan. She can't really do this a whole lot. Um, the next match was Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan versus Rowan and Harper in a tag team tornado match. And you got to have a pretty high energy match to follow a cell match, especially this cell match. And I got to say, Nick. I, I, I'm not into Daniel Bryan being a face again. Um, I feel like this is just such a fizzle out of an awful botched storyline. But I'll be damned if these guys didn't put on an entertaining match. All four of them did. Yeah. Like, they, they worked their asses off. This was a lot of fun. It was chaos. It was hard-hitting. Um, Daniel Bryan looked like hamburger afterwards. And... I kept calling for a swerve. I wanted Daniel Bryan to turn, and the fact that he didn't is wildly disappointing to me. But I was mostly I, waiting for the yes chance at the end there. And you got him. And at the end, there was a bit of a, I, I don't know, a blow-off of Daniel Bryan's heel character where he asked for a handshake from Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns said, or no, Roman, Roman asked, asked him for, for a handshake, handshake, and Daniel Bryan said no, but then turned around and said, I want a hug, and the Roman Reigns says, I don't know. Big dogs don't hug. And then they ended up, you know, hugging and handshaking and huh? all the rest. So whatever, it was awkward, but it, it's all right. So what they're saying is, no, Daniel Bryan has been re- is getting redeemed. Um, eh, what do you this, feel like the, overall? This way overperformed for me. I was the, going the into match, this with absolutely. no expectations. Yeah, no, the match absolutely overperformed. Yeah. I was entertained, and I didn't want to be. I was, I was resisting the whole time. <laughs> You was, will not was, entertain me. I was digging my heels, and I'm like, no, stop <laughs> having a good match. Meh. I want to be mad at all of you. Meh. Meh. And then but they it were... It was fun. It was fun. Damn it. <laughs> so, but I don't... I mean, thank God they blew all this off before the, the draft, and we can just forget this whole thing ever happened. Like, whether or not you believe that they land, landed this plane, to me, it's irrelevant. The whole angle was botched. It was dumb. Um, I don't, you know, we're back now with Harper and Rowan as a tag team, which to me is a step back for both of these guys. Daniel Bryan is a face. That's a, to me, I'm not ready for him to be a face again so soon. They'll um, have their cloaks and, and mallets again Reigns. in a couple of weeks. Just wait. No, now Bray has a mallet. That's his gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. Uh, you did call this. I wanted to see a Daniel Bryan, uh, heel turn. You said yeah. Rowan and Harper were going down here and Roman and D Bry were standing tall and. Sure enough, lol, Roman wins. Yes. Um, the ha, Let's move on before, uh, but before we do that, Harper Rowan shirt watch. Oh, yeah, Harper shirt, Harper, Rowan Harper, shirt watch. Harper and Rowan shirt watch. Uh, Rowan Parkway Drive. Okay, 
All right, Parkway Drive. All right, 2007 fine. Horizons. That's fantastic that's, album. That's that's your thing. Yep. Uh, my thing, Snapcase. Harper I with Snapcase. I have no Snapcase. idea who that is. Hardcore I, I, punk band from New York. Uh, we're going to punk now. We're doing okay. some punk. No, so we're All done right. with the Viking metal at this point, I guess. Uh, well, they're branching out, and I'm not mad at it. Um, you know, if they want to, if they want to throw in, like, I mean, we can either we can either do like some some serious punk rock and get some some fun stuff, like wear some fear or you know, some damned or something like that, or uh, maybe not damned on TVPG, but, or, you know, uh, something like that. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm now I'm like all a flutter with this converge. Oh, get a converge shirt on these guys. Mm. Hell yeah. Anyway. Uh, so you picked up this one. We are tied Nick in the pickums one to one. We both messed up the women's hell in a cell match. But anyway, uh, next and a match that was thrown together at the top of the show because Mustafa Ali, who is Mustafa Ali again, he got the Mustafa back. He got his Mustafa back. Yay. Yay. No longer Ali. <laughs> uh, before the show, he was talking about how he's trying to get his momentum back, and Randy Orton stepped in to say, hey, I'm the momentum killer. So, uh, and then, of course, Ali said, cool, why don't we have a match tonight? And we have a match, because apparently now they book matches the night of a pay-per-view, and they don't plan ahead. What kind of, I mean, like, in kayfabe, what kind of booker does that? What, what, <laughs> We're not advertising take a moment here. What uh, happened to Hell in a Cell? Like over the last twenty years, what hap- What has happened to Hell in a Cell? It used to be like the based off Taker, Mankind, and, and all those matches that we love, yeah, Shawn Michaels, and all those guys. It used to be like one of the favorite pay per views year round. Like, oh my God, people's lives changed forever in the cell. Just and they now still it's get hyperbolic of- like that. They still get to- hyperbolic <sighs> like that, and it's it's just I'm like it's eye rolling. I love that Seth uh, at least last week was like, y'all know what uh, how the cell is. It ta- it shortens careers. Like yes, thank you, thank you. Shorthand, Seth. Thank you for the shorthand. Um, yeah. So all right. Well, let's let's talk about this match. Yeah. We have Randall uh, Randall Kendall Chris Kim Kardashian Orton huh? uh, versus Mustafa Ali, Randall Kennedy. Kenneth Keith Callenback Orton. What do you What do you want me to say? No, oh, okay. Uh, Mr. RKO versus Mustafa Ali. Out of nowhere match for a guy who does an out of nowhere finishing move. Yeah. Uh, was this a good match considering it was hot shotted as hell? Um, I wish they had done more. So I, I don't think they did a good enough job reminding everybody of why they had beef in the first place, which takes right. you all the way back. They didn't before. have time to compile a video clip for it. I understand, but they had to- they had sixty seconds to remind us, and, and I feel like they could have done a better job of telling us, "Hey, Ali, you're the reason, or Kofi, you're the reason that Kofi, I had to face Kofi Kingston." Um, yada yada yada. Yeah, I I had a beef with you, not Kofi. Remember all of that kind of stuff. The, Kofi, you're the re- you getting hurt is the reason that Kofi got his opportunity. You want it again? Something along those lines yeah. where you could build that short remind attention people. spans, right? No short term like memory. Months ago at this point, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a million. It could be a million years in WWE yeah. time, Nick. Uh, yeah, no, they they could have built this a little bit stronger, but I'll be damned if they didn't put on a good match. They did, and and you know Ali looked fantastic. He looked like a hero going out there. We didn't like. It's not believable for him to beat Randy Orton. It just it isn't. He's not there yet. But to have him take it to Randy and, ha- and earn Randy's respect, that's realistic. That's good booking. Randy made him look great. Ali made himself look great. Um, and it was only because Ali just left an opening and Randy did his out-of-nowhere RKO that Ali lost the match. Yeah. 
So, I, so I actually had a thought here that Ali would pull this one off. And before you I did. forget, Abraham Castillo with the ten bucks in the tip jar. Thank you very yes, much, sir. sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you much very fun. much, Mr. Um, the I thought Ali needed a victory here. He hasn't had a lot of victories. And if no. we wind the clocks all the way back, hypothetically speaking, do we think Ali could have had the same run that Kofi Kingston had going up to Mania? I don't think so. No, so I, I don't either. I, Kofi I, had I feel the history. Like, I feel like the lead or the, the what we were leading to was this back and forth with Orton and Ali. And, and I think Ali, in order to cement himself, needed that. I don't want to call it a signature win, but it's not. But he needed to, something to let us know that he was competitive again. I think he's a human Gumby. He's I think got that guy some... can just take anything and just he takes some of the nastiest bumps. Dude, oh, he took a But I I I, I don't understand bump. on a show with a lot of predictable stuff uh I I could You sworn. call it predictable and yet and yet look at your pickem score. Well, cuz I'm stupid. That's I I want things to be more extravagant than they really are, so I get these flights of fancy when right. I'm doing my picks. <laughs> you you get in your head about things. All right, well, Ooh, fair how enough. How good I, would it be if this happened? But I, that's the thing is I'm looking at this pragmatically. Uh, Ali is not going to beat Randy Orton right now. It's some someday he may. Someday he may like raise himself up the card. At this point, he's not there. But he can go out, and they'll allow him to look strong. Yeah. against Randy Orton. And that's what they did. They let him look strong against Randy Orton. Looked yeah. like they took Randy Orton to task. Um and that's a delicate line to walk and I feel like they pulled it off with this match. You know, it's 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 something where sometimes it can still look bad when you go out there and try to make a guy look strong against someone who's just been around longer, higher in the card, uh politics backstage, etc. And I think that Ali's had some signature wins and he's had some big moments where he's taken out, you know, bigger guys and he probably will in the future. They're probably setting him yeah. up for that. Yep. So, you know, and it's just going to matter where he falls in the draft. So, yeah, I had no problem with this. I called I called Randy to to win this for the reasons I just said. Yep. So, yeah, I'm not worried about Ali at all. This is actually for me this shows how much faith they have in him that they True. put him in a match with freaking Randy Orton and, and let him hot look good. shot at it like this just to get it onto the card. Yeah. I mean, oh, who do we put on the on the show? Ali. Of Mustafa all people. Ali. Ali. Yeah. That's yep. that's a good sign for him. Yep. Uh next up we had a match that contained my biggest markout night Mark out moment of the night. Mark out moment of the night. My MMN. Uh, the Kabuki Warriors mm, mm, versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross for the women's tag team titles. Mm. Uh, I thought this was going to be a repeat of Alexa and Nikki facing off against Fire and Desire. Some back and forth. At some point, we're going to make the team look a little bit strong, and then boom, we're done with the match. Bliss Cross retained, and we're done. Nick, that ain't what happened. Nope. That is not what happened. What happened was exactly what I would ho- had hoped would happen. I never like I I am such a um uh, optimistic skeptic or am I skeptically optimistic? I'm skeptically neither. Optimistic. I'm a pragmatist. I oh, was okay. like, "Nah, WWE ain't going to pull this trigger right now. It's not not right now. We're in the middle of all of these changes. They're not going to do this. They didn't just do this, Nick. They went to another they, – they pulled something else out or they let Asuka do something that she's been wanting to do for a while. She's talked about this since last summer that she wanted to do this. Um, nice, fun match and uh, a bunch of great work by both teams. Honestly, like all these – like Alexa is – fit in even nicer. I didn't even – I wasn't even bugged by her wrestling in this match. Everyone looked great. I loved uh, even some of the character moments like Kyrie Sane doing her pirate stomp across the ring. 
and just and just looking, it's like mugging at Nikki Cross, and just giving her an eye poke and walking away. There is a yeah, GIF just, out there by the by the way, if you guys want to use it's, that. God, it's good. That's so. <laughs> it was amazing. Just great stuff. Uh, but the match ended, and I, if you were in the Discord chat with us, then you know how hard I marked out. Oscar uh, jumps up and spits green mist. The poison green mist. poison mist in Nikki Cross's face. Rolls her up and gets the win. The Kabuki Warriors are your new women's tag team champions, and Oscar's spitting goddamn green mist yes. in the WWE. Yes. Ah, this this was the greatest timeline right here. This was. <laughs> This was a very happy Surrey and Dangerous at this moment. Um, also, at this point, I was about halfway through my Imperial Pumpkin beer and was starting to get pretty woozy, so yeah. uh, that probably can you, helped. But can you, Is there any significance to the green mist from time in New Japan or just Japan in general that uh, where that carries significance for some of our listeners that might not know? Yeah, I mean, well, it's actually it's it's got a lot of history to it and a lot of weight. Like, this is not something that came out of nowhere and Asuka's just spitting green mist. Like, it's, it, it's kind of like... Um, well, I'm trying to think of something that would be relevant to WWE. Um, as far as it, like an offensive, off the top of my head, I'm gonna I'm gonna marinate and see if I can think of like a metaphor, but uh, or an analogy. But it was uh, initially done, I believe, by the great Muta, and yeah. it was, and, and there have been a lot of iterations of mist over the years, and to the point where now like the different colors have different significant significance. So depending on the kind of mist that you spew, it defines what kind of character you are. Um, and poison mist is like you're a heel if you spit poison mist. So the green mist. Um, I think I'm trying to think who all has spit mist in WWE. I think only Tajiri has done mist in WWE that I know of. Obviously, I don't think they're going to give it the same kind of respect and significance that they have in Japan. Um, incidentally, we just had some black mist in New Japan about three weeks ago when uh, Jushin Thunder Liger turned into his evil alter ego. Kishin Liger, mm. and he spit some black mist at Minoru Suzuki, which was also a markout moment for yours truly. <laughs> um, but anyway, no. What's what's great about this is uh, if you knew Asuka when she was Kana in New Japan, she was like a demonic psycho character, and this could be the beginning of a transition towards that. And if we start getting evil Asuka, that is best Asuka because she she ramps up the intensity, she ramps up the the stiffness of her strikes i i i'm so excited yeah for where they're going with this can, can they fix their music though finally can oh we, god if, if so we i don't know if we said it they the kabuki warriors do go over here uh and become your new women's tag team champions off the back of oscar spitting the poison mist uh into alexa bliss's face uh gets the roll up one two three but I, I'm concerned. Are they going to make them an act? They call them the Kabuki Warriors, but can they please, can we call the CFOs and get an actual theme song for them, please? That's one theme, not a combination of the two back and forth, please. Yeah. We know you guys it's are awful. listening. Please make it's a, it, awful. It's, it's a terrible back and forth. Plus, give them something a little bit more healy and less, yo ho, yo ho, 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 happy pirate day. You know, we don't need that shit anymore. You know, get, yep. give them something evil and uh, if you're going to call them Kabuki Warriors, give them a bit of a Japanese theme. You know, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. So it's it, that there's definitely a presentational issue there, but yep. I don't I'm not sure they're going to keep them together. So mm. we'll see. Okay. I don't know. Um, I put the titles on them then. 
that is the question, isn't it? I mean, we'll we'll discuss Raw later on, but okay, yeah. Um, also, I have to correct myself. Great Muta was the son of the guy who first did the the, the Mist. It was Great Kabuki who did the Mist first, but I, you have to excuse me for that. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm just excited for Mist, man. I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, <laughs> at least, at least in 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 WWE. So the Brood <gasps> were the last ones, weren't they? With the viscous liquid. That was viscous liquid. That wasn't really poison mist, though. Oh, it was the blood. You know what I mean, right? Uh, yeah, Tajiri did. I, uh, I remember Tajiri doing red mist on Rey Mysterio because it burns more. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know that's, but that wasn't Gangrel. And I think horns didn't Hornswoggle do mist at one point. I don't know. Anyway, all right. I'm glad it's back. I'm glad it's being done by Oscar. Um, I could not, I've never been happier to get a, a match call wrong. So very exciting there. Um, that means we're tied again, Nick yes. two two and moving on to our next match. Also thrown together the OC versus the Viking Raiders with a mystery partner. We were both wrong about who the mystery partner was. We went obvious. I went Cedric Alexander. You went ricochet. Yep. It was not obvious. We went with the beard connection on this one. Viking Raiders teamed up with the meat castle himself, Braun Strowman. Um. What do you think stunt. about this? What do you think a, about this? This was all. This, this whole is, match was a stunt because Tyson Fury was sitting in the front row, ringside. That's all. Uh, no, no, that was on SmackDown. This was this was on Tyson Fury. This was a bunch of meaty, beardy guys beating I'm each sorry, other you're up. Right. You I'm, loved that this. was on that was on SmackDown. This was there to set Braun up to do the punch because of the Tyson Fury thing that they were correct. Because this ended with AJ coming off the top rope. <laughs> <laughs> a lot's uh, AJ, happened in seven it, days. AJ came off the top rope at Braun, and Braun gave him a punch, KO'd him one, two, right. three. Uh, so mm. should we do the? Yeah, are they turning Braun into a literal Big Show clone? God, I hope not. But that wouldn't be the worst thing, but it kind of feels that way. Um, I, You and I have both been on record many times saying that he could be very easily the big man face of the company. He could be booked as the strongest thing ever, have some of the biggest matches, but man, they're just they, it, it, it's like they keep treating him like a circus act. I, well, and, and that's the thing is he's it, it, it's easy to do because he's he's a big attraction, right? So uh, so they're treating him like a circus big attraction, not like a wrestler like anybody else, which is yeah that yeah that's irritating. And the other the other thing that irritates me is this match was a DQ, right? The OC went two on one on Strowman, and the ref called for the bell, and then all of a sudden we had uh, Strowman KO AJ. The only upside was AJ's sell of that punch because man did he have fun selling that. He acted like he'd actually been knocked out where he didn't know where he was. He didn't know what day it was. He was stumbling to the back, refusing help, but then unable to walk. It was an absolutely Oscar-worthy sell of yeah. that punch. I mean, I was, I was, I was giggling. We're in AJ's Sacramento, sell. AJ. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? It's Monday. No, AJ, it's Sunday. What? <laughs> where's my title? Where's my title? Uh, so that was a lot of fun, except that DQ finish foreshadowing foreshadowing um so yeah I, I i worry that braun is being made into another circus attraction we'll talk about that more on raw let's save that for raw because i've got a lot of words about tyson fury too i'm just um, I'm, I'm i'm upset that you even get a point for that match honestly but fine whatever it is what it is sorry sorry pal um <laughs> sorry pal <laughs> sorry pal uh king corbin Versus Chad Gable in another rematch of the King of the Ring finals. 
Uh, are, mm. So the announcers were saying it. The Everyone was saying it backstage. Like, are they trying too hard to make STD a thing? Like, shouldn't that be more of an organic thing? If we're going to call Corbin names, shouldn't we have like a more organic way of building that? Or are people going to just swallow it hook, line, and sinker? Um, I think they're going to ride it for the short term, but I think it's a... It's not a thing six weeks from now. Well, you know what is a thing? Shorty Gable. Yeah. It finally happened, Nick. It finally happened. Corbin called him Shorty Gable before the match. The announcer called him Shorty Gable after the match, after he got a, um, a surprise victory, Gable did. And uh, they even asked him about being called Shorty Gable in the back afterwards when Gable gave a nice nice promo saying, I don't care, I don't care what you call me. You can call me the guy that beat Baron Corbin. Um. But it does look like they're running with the Shorty Gable thing. We we said a while back they had copyrighted the term Shorty G, and people were speculating that was going to be used for Gable. It's official. It looks like it's happening. But how far do you think they'll run with it, Nick? And to should what, they run with it? To, whether or not they, I mean, to what end? Where where are we going with this? Like, why Baron is is King Corbin? It that's done. Move on. We need a new feud for King Corbin to have not repeating the same bowl of oatmeal that I've been eating, been being force-fed for the last two months. Yeah, and you had Corey the entire match saying, Shorty Gable, Shorty Gable, Shorty Gable. That's all he would call him, and Cole being like, would you stop calling him that? Um, so they're, like the STD, they're try, they're pushing it, they're trying to make it a thing, and I'm like, as you said, to what end? Why? What is the, what is the, are you trying to, they're trying really hard to get Gable over. I will give them that, and as far as that's concerned, good. Like, you should be trying. We've been wanting Gable to get a push, and this is actually a pretty good push for the mid card. Um, but honestly, to me, the Shorty Gable thing feels like the Alistair Black pick a fight with me gimmick, where it's, it's just, it's an awful gimmick for someone who deserves better. Yeah. We're like, you don't have to do this dumb shit with them to get them over, it's no. not necessary. So it's frustrating. It's frustrating. I, I, don't, I don't really have anything else to say about it. I, okay. You know, my whole thing you on go. it is uh, give King Corbin a king, kingly feud. Not that, not that Chad Gable is not enough, but he needs to start doing other things. If they want <laughs> him to get over the way that they've anointed him as King Corbin, fine, let's figure out how to get him in a Move title on. contention or at least a contendership of some kind. Sure. Have a feud, have some stakes. He has an advantage because he's king of the ring somehow. Maybe he gets to pick a stipulation. Something. Mm-hmm. Something needs to be done with this king thing other than fighting Chad Gable. That's- that being said, a lot of the stuff that we're seeing on this show and then, and then on Raw as well is WWE circling the airport because they know they've got to land it with the draft this week. That's true. So this is just, I think, their way of blowing off this feud, having a last little thing between these two guys, getting the, 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 the period on the statement. We both thought Corbin was going to win this match because he had to get his, his heat back from getting eviscerated by The Rock. But, yep. you know, as we said even on that show, like, Corbin, it doesn't matter with him if he wins or loses. He's just going to get that heat no matter what. Um, that's, that's just the nature of his character. So, yeah, Gable ended up winning here and has something to brag about. And honestly, like, I think that was, that was, in hindsight, the right call. The Shorty Gable thing, absolutely the wrong call. Can't wait for that to be over. Yep. The next match, Charlotte versus Bailey for the SmackDown Women's title. I wish I could say I liked this match more. Yeah, same. But, I mean, it was a foregone conclusion to me. I mean, they, they could have done this one in 10 seconds, and it would have mm-hmm. been, my feeling about it would have been the exact same. I'm glad they okay. didn't do it in 10 seconds because that's what they did to Kofi, and I'm still salty about that. 
I'm well, glad they made you, it a you match. You knew that was coming. You did. I tried to convince myself that they wouldn't be that stupid to do that. But this match, I thought, was it was decent. It was as good as they could do, but it felt like it was shortened, like they had to rush to get to the end of the of the show. It was Charlotte um, beats Asuka before Mania 2.0. It was yeah. just getting the title back on Charlotte. That's all I, this was. All right. You took the words out of my mouth. My question is, what are you going to do now with Bailey? Like, you had a long moment after this match where... Uh, after Charlotte taps her out, Bailey's That's outside the I ring going, why? Well, but Bailey's outside the ring going, why does this always happen to me? And crying. What, what's the thought there? What, what do you think was their idea there? I mean, is, is this to, is this the, is this where the good guy turns into the villain? Is this where, uh, is this the beginning of the hard turn to the dark side for Bailey that we've kind of always wanted to see, but they have, they've been, loathe to pull the trigger on that's what it felt like to me the sad beaten down good guy is now going to be like all right screw him i'm going to go do some vicious shit Mm -hmm. and that's that's my interpretation of what they were attempting to do bailey just not that good of an actor not nowhere near on aj's level but even (laughs) (laughs) but that well i I think she's a pretty good she's she can sell pretty well but the, the the point here is, and I, and I agree with you to a certain point, is I'm not sure what I'm not sure where they were going with this or what their intention was was with this. Yeah. Uh, and part of that's just the delivery. Like, what what was your point here? What was the point in having that? Yeah. So hopefully they define that a little bit better as we go forward. But this definitely was for me one of the low points of the night. Until we got to the next match, Nick. Until we got I'm to gonna, the next uh, match, it's time. I'm gonna I'm gonna need to stretch a little bit. For yeah, you. yeah. I'm I'm getting I'm getting uh, uh, uh. Getting it comfy oh, here, okay. too. Ladies and gentlemen, the next right. match, Woo. Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt for the Universal Heavyweight Championship in a Hell in a Cell match. Nick, I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to go through this match blow by blow first. Go for it. And then I'm going to let you off the leash, and you give me your process over the last few days, like how what happened to you. Happy to. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, this match uh, started. Seth came out to the ring. Uh, got in the ring, looked very nervous, and then the lights went down and out came the Fiend. Another awesome Fiend entrance until the damn commentary started talking over him as he got halfway to the damn ring. Uh, the lights came up as he got into the ring, and they were red, and those red lights never stopped. They, it was a red light match throughout the entire match. That never stopped, um, and neither did the Fiend. The Fiend went through the entire match Basically, no selling everything. Um, I'll, I'll make this short and sweet. Basically, he got hit multiple times with kendo sticks. No sold. Chairs, no sold. Frog splashed through a table. Kicked out on one. Took, uh, I lost count, eight, ten stomps. Eleven. That he took. Eleven. Kicked out. Kicked out. Every time. Um, and then that's where Seth started getting freaked out, started getting frustrated. Hit him with a ladder, buried him under the ladder, grabbed a toolbox from under the ring, or uh, sorry, chair, put a chair in his face, hit the ladder on the chair in his face, got a toolbox, hit the ladder on top of the chair with the toolbox, and then because the fiend was still moving, he went and got a sledgehammer. At this point, the ref started screaming, No, Seth, you don't want to do that. Think about your, you know, think about it, Seth, like you don't want to do that. And Seth hits Bray in the face, well, on a toolbox, on a ladder, on a chair, on the face, with a sledgehammer. And then the unthinkable happened. 
the ref stopped the match. Now we still haven't been, it still hasn't been officially said by WWE if this was a match stoppage due to referee discretion, if this was a DQ or what. But regardless, the ref called for the bell. And then the cage began to rise. They, uh, the med team came out to attend to the fiend. Seth stood over the fiend to make sure that he was dead. And of course, the fiend sat up, grabbed him by the mouth, mandible clawed him to the outside. Two sister Abigails, one of them on the exposed concrete. And then a mandible claw to close the show with Seth coughing up a, a red viscous liquid. And that's how we went uh, out of the show. Only that wasn't all how we went out the show, Nick, because... That wasn't the sound that we were hearing with Seth coughing. We were hearing from the moment that the ref called for the bell. And in fact, actually, during the match itself, when Seth looked like he was beating up the fiend, we were hearing boos. Well, when the ref called for the bell, the boos became deafening. There were chants of AEW. There was chants of refund. There was chants of restart the match. And as the, the, the title faded to black, as the show faded to black, if you had your subtitles on, it literally says crowd booing as we go to black. We leave a after the show, the arena was apparently people who were there were saying that it was a really ugly. Um, it felt really ugly in the arena. People were outside <laughs> on, on video, throwing down WWE titles on the ground. Uh, very, very ugly feeling in that arena afterwards. Lots of booing, very unsatisfied audience. And I gotta say, Nick, very unsatisfied audience at home too. Seth actually got mad dog by a fan on the way out. Like it was, it was, an ugly scene. So that's just the cold, hard facts of what happened. Let's, let's discuss this, Nick. We've had two days to think about this now. We've had two days that we've had everyone, their mother has weighed in on this. We're kind of coming in late to weighing in on this, but I think we're going to take a intentionally, take. Intentionally though. I wanted it, to take yeah, it a little bit. Intentionally. Yeah. I wanted to think about it as well. Um, what is your take on all this? Let's, let's lay it out for me. What was, how did you feel at the time? How do you feel about it now? What do you think this was the right decision on WWE's part? Uh, can they fix this? I, there's a lot of people who uh, we we always kind of joke that you know after something like this, people go, oh, I'm, "I'm done with WWE. I'm never coming back." And then they come back on Raw. They come back. You know, they they don't actually cancel their network subscriptions. Um, this seems a little bit more, pardon the pun, raw than a lot of the other times that I, I have seen this. Um, what was your take on all this, Nick? How did this play out for you? I, I want to start by calling out a few things. Um, that, the first that pause one is, was more pregnant than Maria Canellas. The first, <laughs> the first one is the red light. I want to discuss that for a moment. Um, I understand how that must have sucked for everybody that was in the live audience. Uh, I can't no. imagine how impossible it would have been to see what was actually happening in the match and then to barely be able to see anything, especially for those that aren't on the floor, uh, and then just randomly to hear... Uh, just to see the fiend laying there and some mild action happening between Seth and the ref, all of a sudden you hear a bell ring and a cage go and the cell comes up. I, I can't imagine how infuriating that would be Ooh. for people that dropped, you know, fifty, sixty, hundred, two hundred dollars on a ticket to Hell in a Cell. I get mm -hmm. it. I understand that. The home viewing experience, however, I absolutely loved it. The red light. The red lighting. You know what's funny? I, I, I let's let's talk about that for a second because I yep. yeah I definitely I had my opinions on it too. I I loved it too to a point. If it had been a five minute match and just a horror show, right? Like Fiend comes out and just murders Seth, and it was red lights the entire time. We're you know five minutes and out. Okay, twelve minutes of it was too much. 
Yeah. Uh, it did. It did make it look like a horror movie. I liked. You know what? I I I get the aesthetic that they were going for. It's like I mean, they had the show about Kane's debut on right before this pay per view, and during Kane's debut, they had the red light going. Yeah. Um. But Kane's debut was very quick. He came out, ripped the door off the cell, got in the ring, um, stared down Taker, did the fire, and then Tombstone Undertaker. So and that was it. And then the regular lights came back on. It was quick and out. If they had done something like that here where it was quick and out, I think it would have been better. But having 12 minutes of red light was too much. But I want to remember, I want to remind everybody, and you and I discussed this on the show during uh, the, the Fiend's first match. We said that it didn't look the way it should have when he was under full light. Right. We made those It looked comments, weird. And it looked weird. It did not have the mystique. That's so one I, of the first things I said when we first saw The Fiend was, how's he going to look under regular lights? Exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely so right. Yeah. I think this, this was whether it was experimental or not, whether mm-hmm. it was as long as it was intended to be or not, I think the, I understand, I think is what I want to yeah. say. And frankly, as someone who loves horror and gore, loves psycho, uh, psychosomatic type of just thought things, just atmosphere is yeah. the word I wanted to use there. That was exactly the kind of atmosphere and underlighting of The Fiend that mm-hmm. I wanted to see in a match that had been booked as, as big as this one had been booked and in Hell in a Cell. And sure. I'm sorry for the live audience. I completely get that that must yeah. have sucked. It must have, especially if you're way up in the rafters yeah. and it's just like a red blob down there. Um, but I agree. It looked like a horror movie. And a lot of this match was booked like a horror movie. As a guy who's doing a horror movie marathon, uh, Horror Palooza coming out tomorrow, episode one. Uh, that was the aesthetic that it really. I was, I was loving it. I loved the aesthetic. I loved that most of this all match it, felt all like. All needed was a little movie. smoke. Maybe a little smoke, yeah. So, but what was it? So, okay, that's the red light. What did you feel about? Let's talk about the end at the finish of this I, I match. Was, like, I was getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Um, the the build up, and I, and I want to give Seth Rollins a little bit of credit here too, and a little bit of a hat tip on. Way to work and sell a match all on your own. Sure. The, the second half, the whole back half of this match was all Seth Rollins' expressions, face uh, reactions. Mm-hmm. You know, the fiend isn't moving; he's just laying there. And no matter what he does, he's kicking out at one. Eleven curb yeah. stomps, chair shot to the head, ladder chair shot, toolbox, tool wrenches flying, Tools everywhere. flying everywhere. Yeah. Uh, just bashing him with this toolbox with a ladder and a mm-hmm. chair on top. Fiend doesn't move, but you know, all of that. Can't get him down. The Fiend with the big mallet, fine. Didn't end up ultimately using it to its potential, but save some of that for later. The other thing I want to call out here before I give like my end-of-match sort of reaction and thoughts are um, something that I have to give credit to other shows for calling out before me is that The Fiend or Bray Wyatt has never once mentioned the Universal title. I, I called it out here for like weeks ago. I understand. But even leading up to Sunday... Right. Yeah. He I still just to remind everyone that there's there's a little bit, and I'm saying all of this because I, I might blow some minds here in just a second. Uh oh. There there's never been a, a mention. So the idea being, he didn't care. He just right. wanted to hurt people. Sure. He's just there to punish. Fine. He's not there for a championship reign. Right. I said that on top of a mountain. Right. Right. We've speculated all that, but I mean, I just wanted to call back to that because I think people forgot about a lot of these little details uh, as they watched this unfold. Now, okay. my initial reaction 
when that bell rang and I saw the cell getting lifted, yeah. was table flipping mad. <laughs> I was I was ready yes. to throw my TV out the window. Same. I was I actually GD'd so hard that the dog got up and ran off the couch and out of the room. Um, I it was like oh. What? I, I just could yeah. not believe it. And I was so mad. And it, just the way that it played out, I was, I understand why everybody's so vitriolic because I was there. And then I started to really think about it. You know, uh, us doing this show, it requires us to consume a lot of wrestling. And we see a lot of stuff happen across a lot of different brands and everything. And I started to really think about what they were trying to accomplish here. And I think at the end of the day, they were really just trying to portray that The Fiend just, maybe that was one big trick by The Fiend, was just playing possum, just laying there. Because he knew something like that would happen, and he knew that Seth wouldn't be able to just walk away. And in the end, we saw him reach up, mandible claw him down, rip the padding up off of the concrete outside, Sister Abigail him onto the concrete, and mandible claw him so hard that he was spewing blood out of his mouth. And we... we we go black with the fiend turning around and looking at the carnage with that he has laid laughing because in his mind, victory, he's won. Right. I'm not terribly upset about that anymore. Okay. All right. So you're, you're, you basically have found a way to explain it to yourself in your yes. head where it's an okay finish. Yes. Okay. Then well, let the, me, the logistics let, of how it was executed are questionable. I'm not horribly, I'm not as upset about it as I was Sunday night. Okay. Well, then, then let me make you upset again. Um, so the the issue I have with, with that, with your explanation of it is, here's the thing. Yes, the like this is what, if you go back and listen to our preview episode for this, that's pretty much what I said was going to happen, is they're going to find a way to scuttle the finish. Seth will retain the belt. But the fiend will do like will is just, the fiend is just there. He's not there for the belt. He's there to f with Seth, right? He's there to mess with Seth, to hurt him, whatever. That was my theory going in. Was that's what they were going for? Here's the problem: is that they had a fucking DQ in a Hell in a Cell match. You can't have a fucking DQ in a Hell in a God damn. That makes me insane. It makes me insane. You have certain logics and rules within your little universe that you can control entirely. Vince is God in this universe. He can control everything about it, the horizontal, the vertical. If you want to say that someone is a mystical angel beast from outer space, we'll all believe it. Okay, he yeah, is. Just sell it. Okay? It's fine. If you tell us a match is no holds barred, and we've seen time and time again people in this type of match virtually murdered. Vince himself was hit in the back of the head with a sledgehammer by Triple H in a Hell in a Cell match, and no ref stopped it. Foley, Mick Foley, went flying in the most famous Hell in a Cell match ever, went flying off the top of the fucking cage into a table. He dislocated his shoulder and was carried to the back, and they stopped the match. And Mick Foley walked back down to the ring, got back up on the top of the cage, and they restarted the match. The insanity of them thinking that it's okay to have a DQ finish in the Hell in a Cell. Let's not even talk about the fact they did the same thing last year with Brock ripping off the door and causing a DQ finish. Because they did this two years in a row. For different reasons, sure. But it's still a DQ finish. It's still a bullshit way to end a Hell in a Cell. 
So here we are again with a DQ finish in a Hell in a Cell. Only this time it's because the ref's like, oh no, you hit him in the head with a sledgehammer and with attempted murder. Then you can't do that in wrestling. You've got rules. That you say, No, this isn't wrestling. This is one of these people is a demon clown who hits Seth with a mallet. He hits him with a mallet. Well, that's okay. We had two women earlier in the night who were trying to kill each other with kendo sticks and tables and chairs. That's all fine, but a sledgehammer to the head, oh, that's going too far. We're referee discretion. We're stopping the match. It, that's not the rules you've set up in your universe here. That's, so that right there, it's kind of like we mentioned earlier that it's kind of like a horror movie, and this was like that. The Fiend was acting like Jason. No matter what you did to him, he kept coming back, right? Headshot, headshot. He's coming back. Right, the things that should kill anybody else are come back. The ref's in there for all of this, right? He's seeing that this supernatural creature that is not acting like a human somehow he's able to control, to control the lights and they're all red. But that's fine, whatever. But Seth hits him in the head with a sledgehammer. Oh no, I'm calling this one for the crazy evil clown. Oh, I gotta be gotta gotta make sure that he's okay. Gotta be worried about his well being. That's like an adjacent movie. Where like the the cop is running along with the camp counselors and they're being killed by Jason and finally one of them puts a gun to Jason's head and pulls the trigger and blows his brains out and the cop arrests the counselor. It makes no sense in the world that you're creating. There are rules in horror movies and there are rules in wrestling because we have to have consistency to all be able to to enjoy this particular world. And if you break those rules, then all of a sudden that immersion is destroyed and we have no reason to care anymore. So it doesn't matter. How like awesome the storyline underneath it is, and I agree, Nick. I think that they had the right idea with the fiend is out here. We're just wanting to hurt Seth and scare him, and then Seth escapes. That's yeah, that's how it should have gone. That's what I said that they were going to do. This wasn't the way to do it. This was fucking stupid. Yeah, and it's been two days, and it's still when I think about it, how stupid it was to have this kind of finish in this kind of match. The thing that makes it the dumbest. And this is, Nick, this is your line. Keep it in your pants. Why do this match if you can't figure out a way to have Seth retain the belt and not make the whole thing look... The Fiend didn't look bad here. He kicked out of 1,800 stomps and getting his head smashed (laughs) in with a sledgehammer. He looks superhuman. He looks like an evil force that's unstoppable. That's the problem. If he's fucking unstoppable, why are you stopping him? If you can't stop him, then don't put him in a place where he needs to be stopped. You control the horizontal. You control the vertical. Don't fuck yourself over. All right, that's all the Fs I get. For, that's all the F-bombs I get for the show. Yeah, you use like three months worth of right right there. Oh, I told you to hide your kids. I, I'm hot. I'm hot about this. Can we talk about the ref specifically for a second? Ooh. I've never seen a ref come up and try to give a moral coach pep talk in the middle of a Hell in a Cell match. The thank you. <laughs> thank you. You know. Don't uh, do it, Seth. Wanna, this isn't you. Might you. Wanna, you might want to think about what Jesus would say about right. you hitting a man in the head with a sledgehammer, Seth. You might want to stop and consider uh, what uh, the good Lord might think about you doing something of this magnitude. Are you kidding me? We had we had people hitting each other with cars. Rowan literally tried to kill Roman Reigns three or four weeks ago or five weeks ago. Uh, okay, whatever. Like he can, he can, still, he can still have a match. Oh, no, it's still, whatever. Tempted murder. No big deal. Oh, but you don't, whatever you do, don't hit a guy on a, 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 on a toolbox, on a chair, on a ladder on his head, or we're going to throw out a match. Get the... Okay, I can't swear anymore. Get the F out of here. Ooh, Nick. This, this pissed me off. So, 
All right. Here we are. It's a stupid finish. They've they've done this. This is this is this is what happened. Um, I have two questions for you. Okay. One is I, I personally feel like Hell in a Cell is dead. It's been dead in the like since the PG era started. I, it's it's nearly impossible to do a Hell in a Cell match properly sure. without blood and guts. Um, although I'll be damned if the ladies didn't do a damn good job early in the evening. I thought New Day and Usos was entertaining as well, but it still it feels very watered down no matter what you do. Um, I, I think it's time to retire the Hell in a Cell concept. I think, in my opinion, if they if this is all they can do to finish Hell in a Cells, s- stop doing Hell in a Cells. It's it's done. You know, it's, it's funny dead. you say that. All of this works perfectly if it's not in Hell in a Cell. Right. If it's a cage match, fine. It's Hell in a Cell. You've built up Hell in a Cell. This is what I'm saying about the rules of your own universe. Yeah. You've built up Hell in a Cell to be the most the most hellish structure. It shortens careers. You can do anything you want. Like you said earlier on in the evening, they even said that during Becky and Charlotte or Becky and Sasha. Three times. Right? Three references yeah. to it they you made during do the Becky you and Sasha match. You can do whatever you want to the person. Really. Even there's if there's no gift, there's no way. Unless, out. There's, unless all that stuff. they're a supernatural psycho clown, and then you can then whatever you do, don't hit them too hard. Jesus Christ. Um, I I 100% agree that the fact that this got DQ'd, and we still really haven't heard an official like is that it's got to be written somewhere that this was how this officially ended. I there was speculation around whether the, it was a DQ or whether the ref thought that the fiend was injured. Or all of that stuff. Uh, with the precedent of the Taker and Mankind match being restarted, you heard the you heard Sacramento, the Golden One Center, chanting, restart the match, restart yeah. the match. The precedent's there to be able to do it. Why not do it? Literally, you had a guy legit get knocked out in the middle of the ring, and the call was, enough is enough. Somebody stop the damn match. And nobody did. Ain't nobody was calling for this match to be stopped. Except for the ref. So, so you, here's you, the thing. I, I don't. I, I. I also. I want to temper this huge rant that I just went on by saying that at at the end of the day, I think I understand what WWE was going for here. I yeah. do get what they were trying to do. My frustration and all of that vitriol that I've had kept in a little pocket right here behind my rib cage for the last two days. That <laughs> that that little ball of pus that I just unloaded onto this microphone, that is all me being frustrated with bad storytelling. It's the same reason why people at the end of Game of Thrones or The Sopranos or Lost were frustrated because you had it. You had this thing that was working so well and you just made this one dumb mistake with the storytelling. You can't and it's keep so it much- in your pants! It's, if you have something like just an awful match, if it's an awful match start to finish... All right, it was a bad match, whatever. If it's really good and there's so much good elements and I'm so invested and I'm so excited for it and then you screw it up, it makes it so much harder to swallow and it makes it so much more frustrating as someone who loves well-told stories. Yeah. Like you got me so invested and then you let me down so hard. That's what makes it so so hurt so bad. That's why everyone I think over the last few days has been so amped up about this. Why it really affected people worse than a lot of the other questionable booking decisions that WWE's had over the last over the over the over the years over the years and years, um, like it was, it was going so well, you know, and it was just such a boneheaded move. And it could have been. I think that there is a way that they could have executed it better. You could have had this done, and you could have pulled it off if you had laid the right 
tracks for your story. And this is the part of the show where I, I really do want to do constructive criticism. Yes. Because now I've gotten all that off my chest, right? The, my frustration with how dumb that decision was. Here's the thing, though. If that's going to be your, like, the way you do it, give us more. Give us more of an explanation for why that's happening, right? Make it so that the, like, whatever he's doing to the fiend is just, it's so awful that it's like, because I'm sorry, a sledgehammer to the head is a gnarly thing. But a sledgehammer to the head on top of a, a, a tool case, on top of a ladder, top of a chair, it's not as impressive as maybe they thought it would be. Sure. And so there, it didn't make sense for the ref to call at that time. So it didn't seem like that, like after everything that the Fiend had done, it didn't seem that extreme. It didn't seem that much, right? The commentary didn't help either. They didn't sell um, how desperate Seth was. They didn't sell how horrific of a move the sledgehammer to the head was, right? If you set up the other elements of your story here to really put over this one difficult um, story. Like, you know, one thing I, I always say is it's really hard to film Stephen King stories because a lot of it has to do with how he's telling you what's happening. If you write down on a piece of paper just the story beats of how things happen in Stephen King books, sometimes it just don't make no damn sense. And if you've, ever, if you've seen the new It movie, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's nearly impossible to describe how they actually fight this creature or what this creature is in, and not have it be in, in the book the way he describes it, okay? Yeah. Same thing here. You've got to lead us into believing that this, is going, that this is happening in a cell because of everything that you've set up before. And I think that there was a way they could have done this, Nick. Do you, think that you, do, you, do you see what I'm saying? Do you think there's a way that they could have had this DQ finish because Seth tried to murder the fiend because he couldn't think of any other way, like I said, in a horror movie, and had it make sense to the audience? Not in Hell in a Cell. Really? Not in Hell in a Cell. So Okay, so you're, you're falling back and saying there's no way in a Hell in a Cell match... Oh, no, no. In, maybe, maybe in the, time, in the time PG out, time era? Out, yeah. So this is, this is what I meant by keep it in your pants. What I've been saying for months this whole time as we've gotten more and more excited about The Fiend is that keep it in your pants meant give it time to marinate. Yeah. He needs, Why is he, doing... he needs more than one match before you put him in an end-all, be-all, hell-in-a-cell-it-all-ends-here kind of stipulation. Mm -hmm. Because then shit like this happens, and you have to find a way. You paint yourself into a corner, and you have to find a way out of it, and it ends up being stupid shit like this, the way yeah. it's executed. Had right. they run this all the way to Mania, had they had Braun and Seth drag on a little bit more back and forth between now and the end of the year, leading to something happening at the Rumble with The Fiend just constantly popping up and being that uh, just terrifying nuisance. Let the lights go out a few more times. Bring him out once a month. Let sure. him surprise us, but keep running the Firefly Funhouse like you did all summer. That's why we're all so hyped about have it. Him, have him murder his way up the card. Yes. It's why people, like when Seth was getting offense in this match, people were booing. The Fiend is one of the most intriguing characters, if not the most intriguing character in WWE right now. And keep it in your pants. The, thing, the mantra that you started on this show, keep it in your pants, WWE. Vince loves to play with his new fancy toys, right? He gets a new toy. He's like, this is really cool. I want to put this at the top of my show. I want to make this the big spotlight on the show. You can't, you can't do that with the fiend yet, and especially like you can't do that, and then have the fiend kick out of eleven curb stomps and chair shots and every other, and getting a sledgehammer to the head. 
By the way, you've, they did you've the just theme. undone the curb stomp too from Seth. Congratulations. Yeah. No, it's in so many ways like this really was regressive. Um, and they they just as as you would say they pulled too much out of their pants on this. Like what are you, what are you doing? Now what? Um, now yeah, what do you do? You've escalated it so far. Now what do you do? How do you in any way make this exciting anymore? Is like, is, is the fiend going to be on the Team Flair Survivor Series team? Now? Oh Jesus! The, well, that's the thing. The rumor I'm is, sorry, is that we got that back. Don't do that. I didn't say that. Yeah, shh, shh, shh. Sorry, guys. Um, they, you know, apparently we're gonna this feud's gonna continue. We're gonna have more Fiend versus Seth matches, and after this, I think people are scared and not in the way that you want them to be. Uh, not scared of the Fiend, but scared of you ruining the Fiend because this was a this was a major gut shot to a lot of people. And much like you, Nick, where you kind of like you found your peace with it, and in my own way, I've found my peace with it. Like, I'm curious to see what happens next. There are a lot of people that are gone because of this, and they're not coming back, and I don't blame them. And if you're listening to the show right now, and you're one of those people, and you're like, I'm done with WWE, I don't want to watch it anymore, don't worry, guys, we'll watch it for you. You can listen to everything that's happening here and just keep caught up. You don't have to actually watch or support them. We got we got your back. We'll also give you your AEW and NXT. A little bit of self-promotion there. Yes. Get ourselves over. Yes. Get ourselves over at the expense of the old dub-dub. But, uh, but no, here's the thing. It, it, you know, that's what we do next. We watch WWE, and there are things I'm, I'm curious about now. I'm the, curious the, what, what our audience thinks. I, I would love to yeah. hear what you guys think. Please leave us a comment on the YouTube Jesus, video. Jesus, I've heard... Uh, yeah. You know, just weigh in because we I've read so much on Twitter and the blogs and other uh, broadcasters and, and, and podcasters and just all of this stuff over the last two days. That's just all like every single bit of it is negative and vitriolic. And I, I want it with very few small exceptions. And that's why I wanted to I wanted to find this place of peace for myself. Uh, yeah, you know, even if I were booking it, the, the one thing that I can't undo is a DQ and a Hell in a Cell match. It's, it's right. It, there's no fixing that. Yeah. And if you take that away, everything else is kind of fine. Like this is this everything is okay. But yeah. that's the one fundamental cog that was broken in this machine. I believe and that's exactly what I screamed about ten minutes ago. You did. A DQ, a so DQ I, I want to know what. Ah! It, are you hung up about the DQ in a Hell in a Cell, or are you hung up yeah. about the way that this match transpired uh, over sure. the course of the match? Let us know in the comments below, guys. Uh, this is probably not the last of this saga that we're going to hear. I hope they, did, they no. weren't listening and they didn't hear me about the Survivor Series thing. I'm sorry <laughs> I even said that out loud. Um, yeah, the but, Fiend in Saudi Arabia. Oh, God. No! No. Uh, all right, yes. saying Do it! Do you do you share do you share my nerd rage, uh, which is which is tempered with with uh, curiosity about WWE? Here's the thing: it's our job, Nick. Like I am genuinely yeah. curious. I've got to come to that that place of peace in order to keep watching WWE. Um, I've gotten to that place now where I'm like, okay, well, you did something dumb. Um, how are you going to redeem yourselves? Like, what's what's next for you guys? Uh, and I am curious what that's going to be. So. Yeah, that's that was hell in a cell, ladies and gentlemen. It was very controversial to finish, as we said. Twitter was on fire after it. Um, Brian Alvarez had a heart attack and was lying on the floor for a while after it. Like I just loved watching all the reactions of of all of the media. Uh, Bruce Mitchell just went off about how like Bruce Mitchell said uh, in a sense that that uh, members of the McMahon family and the shareholders should should stage a coup and remove Vince McMahon from power after that. Uh, and apparently Vince no sold it uh, after the match. Vince laughed off the audience's reaction and uh, said, "Ah, it's fine." And apparently this finish was all Vince. 
So that is that's the very well sourced report from Backstage. I'm not being uh, wry about that. That's actually a genuinely wow. sourced uh, reaction. Um, apparently, people got through to him at some point. That's the rumor now is that he realizes it was a bad finish, and that's why Raw was so light on that. But uh, at any rate, yeah, very very controversial finish. Love to hear what everyone has to say. Everyone's been very vocal in Facebook, um, but keep it up. I'm, I'm, I'm loving everyone thinking like, like trying to book like what's going to happen next with the fiend, and um, what the meaning of this is. Like, is Helena Cell dead? Is the fiend dead? Is this, is Seth dead? Is there a way out of this? How do they fix this? Et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Wow, Nick. Well, that was Helena Cell, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. But uh, if you were in our live chat, stick around. We're doing another show right after this about Monday Night Raw. And, uh, and other after stuff. That, and other stuff. And lots of other stuff as well. Fun stuff. Uh, Nick, you want to give them, give them where else they can find us and, and lead us on out of here the way Absolutely. that the, well, guys, the, way, you, the uh, way that if, Seth was let out of the cage. <laughs> well, hang on. Let me, uh, let me put a blood capsule in my mouth and you can mandibly, mandible claw me. Ooh, um, I like it. <laughs> but um, tis. Uh, guys, you can always join us over in the Facebook discussion group. Uh, that is the hub of our operation. And join our Discord server. You can find links to it at the top of all of our social media and in the description below if you're watching here on YouTube. It's where all of our live chats and day-to-day -day stuff happens in both of those places. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Uh, right here on YouTube every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Pound the like button for this video if you guys liked what we had to say about Hell in a Cell. Uh, we will be right back after this with our recap of Raw and everything else. So stick around. Look for Refresh the page. Look for that new stream. But until then, my name is Nick Howell. You can find and my me. name is oh, there you go. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God, somebody call for the DQ. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out. OrbitalJigsaw.com.